Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. This week, I have another awesome guest for you guys. I got to sit down and chat with Matt Lee. Matt was my sweet mate my freshman year of college, and we really just bonded instantly over our love for fitness. I'll tell you, in those days, I literally had zero clue what I was doing in the gym, zero clue what I was doing nutrition-wise, supplement-wise, but Matt really took me under his wing. We talked about his um, Tasty Cake and Mountain Dew diet, but you could always tell as soon as Matt walked in the room, he was he had these huge arms back in freshman year, and I feel like I was like a 130-pound twig, but um, some of his tips really helped me my freshman year, and then also CJ, who I had on the podcast, he was when I really started to get serious about this stuff. And Matt has paved the way for me. I've really been following his content closely for the last two or three years now. He originally started his fitness page um, five years ago on Instagram, and then two years later, he started a YouTube channel. So he's been at this for a long time. He's been working a full-time job and also keeping up with YouTube, doing stuff on Instagram all the time, just giving out free content, helping other people. And now he's coaching others in bodybuilding and also just general lifestyle and nutrition. It's really cool to just hear everything he has going on. We talked about what it's like to compete in a bodybuilding show because I have no idea what that's like. We talked about the lead up to it and then also what happens after those five to 10 minutes that you're on stage and the weeks and months after the show, which were a really interesting perspective. We got into a cool story about his first um, his first time after a show, what actually happened to his body. And that was just really funny to hear and also pretty um, eye-opening because I didn't know that anything like this could happen. We got into the business side with Matt Lee Fit, so that's his Instagram page. Follow him on Instagram at Matt Lee Fit and then also his YouTube channel. His videos are super well done. They're really cool to watch. I love just clicking on his videos as soon as he releases one and just learning from his content. And that's basically what this interview was. I learned so much from him. And you guys don't understand when people are giving me feedback that they like the podcast, they're learning from it. I'm learning 10 times as much as anybody else. Every time I get off a Skype call with somebody, I feel like I was on a one-on-one -on -one private coaching session and it felt no different with Matt. I left the call just super energized and motivated to share this and to keep putting myself out there on YouTube to just push past some fears that I have and we definitely get into that. So I'm gonna shoot it over to the interview. And one thing before I forget, we did lose audio for about five or six seconds, about 20 to 25 minutes in, so just bear with me. Skype just timed out for a few seconds, but it doesn't take away anything that's in the interview, so just try to look past that, and I will try to be better next time. I will talk to you guys on the back end. All right, we are live with Matt Lee this week, better known by the people as Matt Lee Fit. What's going on, guys? Good, man. How about yourself? Good, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. Dude, it's been an honor, man. You've been freaking killing it, dude. Like I said, man, week over week, I've been listening to the podcast coming out. So it was definitely exciting when I got the uh, the DM on Instagram to get on it. So <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it, man. Well, I wanted to get started with um, just your background in um, sports. So you play lacrosse and yep. then just in lifting in general. Yeah. So 
I've been playing sports for the majority of my life, like from the younger years, just playing Pee Wee soccer. And then, you know, coming up in high school, it's just one of those things that I picked, you know, my main sport being lacrosse. Um, I was super competitive with it at the time in high school. And um, it was just one of those things, you know, I played throughout high school. And then you play your summer leagues um, as you technically go forth with to kind of get recruited to college to play. Um, so with that being the case, I got picked up by Eastern University, where I met yourself and a lot more of my great friends to this day. Um, and played the cross there for all your four years and absolutely loved it, had a great experience. Um, but it was during that time that I kind of found my love for this fitness side of things and kind of found this passion. Um, so, you know, playing sports and being competitive with it throughout high school um, is just one of those things that, you know, at the time I figured the gym was going to be like a super beneficial aspect to this all to, you know, continue to excel my game and stay ahead of the competition. Um, but it's just one of those things, you know, throughout high school, I just kind of worked out and just found fitness as a thing to kind of stay ahead of the competition, like I said, um, and not really thought about this whole other, you know, world of it, the whole bodybuilding world. Um, just at the time, I just don't think it was too popular. Like, I didn't know much about it at all. Like, YouTube and, like, the fitness Instagram um, wasn't really a thing at the time. Um, so with this being the case, you know, come to college, same thing. It was kind of just working out, doing the same things that I was kind of going forth with. And um, this incredible opportunity kind of presented itself in which I was able to kind of see the whole competing stage um, with this all. So there's actually the professor at Eastern, I'm sure you know her, Tracy Greenwood. Um, mm -hmm. So she competed on the Olympia stage and I kind of got to kind of, you know, get friendly with her. Um, and her husband at the time is my coach, Alan. Um, he was a bodybuilder as well. And she was like, you know, Matt, you have the genetics, you have the look. She's like, I think you really should compete. And, you know, at the time I was a super shy kid. Like, I'll be honest, I was, you know, good friends with who I was friends with, but in terms of kind of stepping forth and kind of putting myself out there to be on stage and spotlights in front of, you know, all these people, um, mm -hmm. I was, dude, I was petrified, man. Um, but it's just one of those things that I was like, you know, I'm competitive. I love working out. Uh, you know, it's just the two worlds coming together and what's prepping and kind of going forth with a bodybuilding show. So it's been a, it's been a wild ride, man, to say the least. So. Yeah, for sure. And I remember, um, so freshman year, I get I was really into the gym and everything, but I yep. remember uh, my sweet mate, your roommate Tyler, yep. was saying, uh, yeah, my roommate Matt, he's coming in like he's this jack dude. He looks like <laughs> he's straight from Cali. And uh, I remember like you were so you were into working out and stuff at that time, but you yep. were housing Mountain Dews and chips and just oh, like tasty just training. So when did it start to become serious at the end when uh, you were talking with uh, Dr. Greenwood? So honestly, it was my it was my sophomore year going into my junior year. So like like I said, man, before like when I came to school, I, like first day, I remember I walked into the suite and I saw all your protein powders and pre workout <laughs> up on your little closet thing, and I was like, dude, let's go! Like this is incredible. <laughs> um, just because it was nice to have a suite made like that. But um, it was just one of those things, throughout, like, like I said, throughout high school and like early into college, like A, I was lifting for sports and B, I was just like, I'll be honest with you, I was like lifting just to look good. Like it was just mm -hmm. one of those things, I wanted those rock court abs, I wanted to have big arms when I went down the beach, like I was like looking good, you know? Um, but it was really my sophomore year where that kind of changed. And it was just one of those things that I had this opportunity where Tracy came up to me and she's like, hey, listen, like, I think you would do very good at this. And then I started looking into it all and saw there's a men's physique division which they literally go up there wearing board shorts, like your bathing suits, and they all look like surfer bros. So I was mm -hmm. like, all right, dude, like, I kind of got the beach look going on right now, and I kind of, you know, this is the main reason why I want to work out, so look good. Um, so, you know, with having the competitive aspect and wanting to kind of do this men's physique division, um, it was really my sophomore year going into my junior year where I started working with her husband. 
um, really started learning about the nutrition side of things just because I knew nothing about that. Like I can go in the gym for hours, but like you said, I literally drank a Mountain Dew for pre-workout, a Mountain Dew, and I got back to my dorm room and then like two packs <laughs> of tasty cakes. Dude, I had no idea. Like I had no idea what to do. Um, so working with him my sophomore year, going into my junior year of college, um, that's when I really learned about the whole nutrition side, like getting a meal plan, figuring out my macros, the, you know, the overall caloric intake I should be taking throughout the day. Um, really just blew my mind in terms of this whole entire bodybuilding world and the fitness world. Um, and it was from that point on, dude, like I was hooked before, but like seeing the results I came in once I started getting my nutrition down to a T, it was lights out, man. So that was definitely the year I was going into the junior year of college. So cool. Good time. And just talk us through um, what it's like to lead up to a show. Cause I have no experience with bodybuilding. So what's that prep phase like? Dude, it's, uh, it's, it's something else, man. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, if you have the opportunity to do it, um, and you're, you're one that likes to work out and, you know, is competitive with sports, you know, for sure. Um, I would highly recommend it, but it comes with a lot of, you know, I'll admit there comes with a lot of downfalls. So for one, like, you know, you gotta be disciplined throughout the entire time. So that means absolutely no cheat meals. You can't do anything off the meal plan. Um, you got to spend countless hours in the gym. You got to wake up super early, do your fasted cardio. For myself, I had to do it before work. So I usually leave for work around 5.30. So that means I was up at 4 o'clock getting this cardio session in, coming back, going to work, uh, coming back from work, going to the gym for another hour and 45 minutes to work out. And then you got another cardio session after that. And it's just one of those things like you can't go up the meal plan. You got to go to the gym for these countless hours. Say goodbye to all your social life. <laughs> Because you literally, you don't want to go out because no one wants to hang out with you first off because you're tired and you're hangry. So no one wants to deal with your fastness. <laughs> and it's just one of those things that, you know, the weekends come along and you're just so tired. And all you want to do is just sleep and just relax and catch up on rest. So it's just one of those things. It's very demanding. But at the same time, like, it's, I, I don't want to say it's addicting, but it truly is. It's just one of those things that, you know, I've been doing this for the past six years. And every single time I get off stage, I literally tell Taylor, my girlfriend, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing this again. I'm taking the next year off. I'm growing. I am not doing this again. But it's just one of those things that once summer comes along and like that like competition season is coming up, because usually starts in early spring and goes throughout the summer and it kind of dies down in fall, it comes around and I'm like, man, like I start getting that itch again. Just because it's one of those things that I just love testing myself and proving to myself that I can do this from time to time again. Um, just because, like, we could talk about this too, but it relates to so many other aspects of business and so many different things that I learned about myself as I go throughout prep. Um, that time and time again, it's just like just mind blowing to kind of see the transformation that takes place when you put all this hard work, dedication, and just sacrifice, you know, to everything to kind of get ready for, you know, a stage body. So, and then what's show day like after all that? show day show day is a very interesting time dude so leading up to the show day you have a week called peak week which is pretty much where you manipulate water and you manipulate carbs leading up to the show so with this being the case early on in the week i am literally drinking two gallons of water a day so literally sunday monday and tuesday i'm drinking two gallons of water a day so i'm literally living in the bathroom at this point just because you're constantly having to go pee yeah. Um, and then as you get closer to the show which is usually on saturday you slowly pull that water consumption down to about um, a fourth a gallon to a half a gallon on Friday the day before. So as you're pulling the water down as you go throughout the week, you're also adding in carbs. So with this being the case, usually Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday is an absolute no-carb day. So like you're dead. At that point in time, like, you're absolutely shot. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to be around anybody just because you're, like, you're literally dead. Like You're just useless at this point. But usually as Wednesday comes around, you start loading up on carbs. So you start filling out the physique. You start filling out the muscles and so forth. 
So once you start eating those carbs, because usually it's a good amount of carbs leading up to the show to fill out a very depleted physique, dude, it's like you're literally like a new man. Like it's just so incredible what you start having. And like the sad part is they're literally the most disgusting carbs. Like I literally load up because um, it's called loading up the carbs. I literally mm -hmm. load up on like literally dry oats. So literally dry oatmeal just because like I said, you're not consuming water at this point and much water. So you're just eating oatmeal dry sweet potatoes and rice so it's like literally the most bland source of the carbs but it's just the most incredible things in the world um so that's peak week the show day itself very it's 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 interesting man so you get there and the same thing you're pretty much starved in the morning just because you want to be dry you want to be tight as possible leading up to going on stage for pre-judging so it's just one of those things that you know at that point in time you're extremely dehydrated because you're not drinking water yet you might have had a couple sips of water um, same thing. You probably only had like one small meal on you and the nerves really start coming in at this time where you're not hungry at all. Um, so it's a very long day just cause prejudging itself, usually these shows are, you know, a couple hundred people. So prejudging itself takes like, you know, two hours and then you're sitting around for another like three to four hours for finals to start. And if finals are like another hour itself. So show day is very, very long. You're very, very hungry. You're tired. Um, and you just want to drink. Like that's the only thing I ever remember from show days. Like I'm so freaking thirsty and that's all I wanted to do is drink. But it's just one of those things, man. As soon as you get up on stage in front of the spotlights, it's just like the most surreal moment in the world. Just because, A, you know you're at the finish line. And, B, you get to be able to just kind of showcase all the hard work and, you know, determination that went into the last 12 to 16 weeks while you're prepping for this one moment on stage. And it's just one of those things I tell people all the time, like a lot of my clients, I'm like, listen, like, you worked your butt off for 16 to 20 weeks to get to this moment. And you're only going to be on stage for five to ten minutes, if that, in front of the judges, in front of the family, you're, you know, the crowd. It's just one of the things like it's just it's just so surreal when you walk out and the spotlights hit you and you're just like, wow, like all that time, all that sacrifice, all the tears, the sweat, everything led up to this moment right here. Then you get off stage, bro, and you just eat donuts and cookies and literally, man, you get sick to your stomach within minutes after after the show, but it's totally worth it. So that's awesome. The and, way you described it sound sounds really cool. I don't think I have the discipline on the training side. I don't know yep. if I could do that for for three or four months just leading into it the nutrition sounds like the worst part yeah dude it's, it's just one of those things man people go about it different ways but for myself like there's like an old school diet and there's like a new school diet so the old school diet is very like they call it the caveman diet it's like literally white fish so like i'm literally living on tilapia every single day it's egg whites it's chicken the carb sources are literally sweet potatoes and oatmeal it's a very mm -hmm. old school way to do it but there's a new school way to kind of go about it it's, you know like i'm sure you heard of this term if it fits your macros mm -hmm. so a lot of people do this and they kind of calculate different foods that they would like to eat throughout the day and as long as it fits their macros they're perfectly fine so like people can have a donut on prep and so forth but it's just one of those things like you look at the value of those two different types of food like a donut compared to a sweet potato type of way and it, it, it just to me it doesn't make I, i'm not a huge believer in it like i understand it's still going to yield the same results at the end of the day but i'd rather kind of go forth with that old school way with just the lean protein sources you know the strict carbs and just kind of stick to it in that sense so mm -hmm. but yeah man the diet is definitely once you get past the diet and kind of get that through your head it's it'll be much easier so and then, so what's the reverse dieting like? I've seen a bunch of videos on people kind of blowing up after the show. So oh, dude, you have what no do idea. you do for that? So it's just, I literally was talking to my one of my clients last night about this. It's one of those things where I, you you typically give yourself a couple days, and this is how I usually go about this approach, is I give, so the show's on Saturday. I give myself or a client of mine Saturday night to go out and relax, Sunday to go out and relax, and then Monday to relax. And then come that Tuesday, that's when we get back on a meal plan. And the thing is, your body's in such a depleted state 
that as soon as you literally introduce any type of food after the show, just because your metabolism, I hate to say this, is pretty much shot at that point, um, just because you've been in such a depleted caloric deficit for so long, as soon as you introduce any type of food after the show um, that your body hasn't been used to, it's immediately going to get stored, man. And that's where a lot of people literally will glow up to like 30, 40 pounds above stage um, the next day. And um, I'll never forget the first year I stepped off the stage, man. I literally, my coach warned me about this. He was like, hey, listen, here's the reverse diet, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. But he was like, I want you sticking to this because you don't understand what can happen to you. And I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. So I literally went out that night. I got pancakes, eggs, like Reese's peanut butter cup pancakes, eggs, all this crap food. Um, woke up the next morning. I was pretty bloated, but it was just one of those things like my, pa- my, my family had donuts and cookies. So I, I do like, you just can't stop eating. And I'll never forget, like literally come Tuesday, I was like 36 pounds above stage weight on oh Saturday. My God. And like, Andrew, like I kid you not, man, like it, it looked like I never worked out a day in my life. And like, it was such a mental, like, like screw up just because like you look at yourself in the mirror, like literally three days ago and you're shredded to the bone, like 4% body fat, like the best you've ever looked in your entire life. And literally like 36 hours later, you look again and you're just like, this dude, like 40 pounds up. Like you look like you never lifted like a weight in your life. It's just a mess, man. So it, it really, that's like definitely one of the downfalls of this, you know, this sport is just, especially for a lot of women that comes with like these image issues, just cause you're so lean one minute, like one minute of the day on stage and the next you get off stage and boom, like you're, you look like you never work out. Um, so that's definitely one of the downfalls of this all. But in terms of, a a usually reverse diet. It's one of those things that you take your overall calories. This is how I usually go about it. You take the overall calories from the typical meals that you are eating leading up to the show. And um, I typically try to match, you know, the calories with a little bit more of a if it fits your macros type of dieting, just because when someone steps off stage, the last thing they want to do is go right back to a fish diet. Like I understand people do do this, um, but it's one of those things I kind of want to give people some, you know, kind of tell them to relax with this all. Um, so I try to figure out different foods that fits these overall calories. Um, so it's more enjoyable for them. And then as you go throughout the weeks, we still go forth with the check-ins every single week. So we make sure that their weight's kind of going up as it should. It's not going up too fast or it's, you know, not going up too slow. Um, you go forth with like the overall, you know, physique updates. And as you go forth and the body's responding at a good spot, um, we continue to slowly bring up the calories. So you bring up the proteins, you bring up the carbs, the fats and so forth. So doing it correctly, it's just one of those small things where you just continue to bump the calories week over week. Uh, but like I said, man, a lot of times for the first time competitor, it's just like an absolute no go for a reverse diet and they just pack on the pounds, man. Wow, so, that's crazy. You just got to accept that at this point, you know? Yeah. So, and I want to get into so Matt Lee Fit is basically your brand. So yep. you have the YouTube, you have Instagram. Um, so, what got you started on that? So, I honestly started up the Instagram about five years ago, I think now, which is crazy to crazy to say um and at the time of the instagram it was just one of those things like i'll be honest with it man like uh, at the time the whole fitness instagram game was kind of just starting up um it was not not too far ahead um and i honestly got you know kind of went forth with it for sponsorships and money and for the fame of it all just because i saw these other guys that were posting on there all the time and getting all these likes and getting these sponsorships and all these deals with supplement companies and clothing companies and to me, I was like, you know, what looks different between, you know, them and I type of thing. So it was just one of those things, like, literally, I look back, like, if I go back to my first post, it's literally like a mirror selfie of me with, like, some, like, motivational caption that makes absolutely no sense. There was no value at all. Um, so that's kind of what started. And as I kind of went forth with it all and um, kind of continued to go forth with bodybuilding, kind of documenting my journey on Instagram, 
um, just because I didn't know it at the time, but that's literally what I was doing. I kind of was kind of documenting the whole process of prep. Um, and as I was going forth with that, that's when I was getting a lot of messages of people like, hey, man, like, listen, like, I really like that workout you put up. Or, hey, man, like, is there any way like you can give me help with the training program and so forth? So as I kind of saw that I was kind of creating value through my Instagram with some of the posts that I was doing as I was documenting my own journey, um, that's when I kind of shifted my mindset of how I should go about Instagram, um, kind of, you know, going forward like a selfish way, how I started trying to get sponsored and all that stuff from supplement companies to transitioning into a, a way to be able to create value, a platform where people can come and use me as, you know, a source of information or motivation to them. Um, so it's just one of those things that that kind of transitioned to that. And then the idea of YouTube popped in my head just because like literally what was I doing all my cardio sessions? I was watching YouTube videos. Yeah. And um, it was just one of those things at the time. And I'm like, you know, I see these videos. And I think it's so cool because, A, people are documenting their lives on YouTube, um, like for yourself and what you're doing now and documenting your journey. So, A, you're documenting your life. So it's a cool thing to go kind of go back and look back to of all the cool things you did. But, two, it's another platform in which you can kind of use your knowledge to put out videos, which, in my opinion, is kind of easier than putting out an Instagram caption because you can explain yourself more. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of breaking down what you're doing. So just another place, you know, to provide value to people and information um, to kind of help them with their fitness journey in my, in my, you know, my viewpoint. So that's kind of what kind of how it all started for me, honestly, with Instagram and YouTube. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I remember when you guys all started the, um, fitness Instagrams and I'll be honest at first, I was one of the haters. I thought it was kind of <laughs> stupid. And, yep. um, I think really looking back on it now, it was just, you guys were putting yourself out there and you weren't afraid to do it. And I think I was. So when I see you doing it, then I kind of get insecure of myself. So I'm like, yeah. oh, that's stupid what they're doing. Yeah. So yeah, what's it like when you f- do your first YouTube video, you put yourself out there? How does that feel like? It, it's it's pretty crazy, man. Because like you said yourself, the biggest thing I was scared about, especially with YouTube, was just looking dumb. It was just one of those things like, I don't know who was going to be watching this video. And at the time, I was like, no one's even going to care to watch. Um, just because like, who am I type of thing. But um, it was it was just it was scary, man, just because, like, you, anytime you put yourself out on social media to kind of, like, reveal your world to other people, um, of course, you're going to be criticized. You're going to be judged and so forth. Um, and it's just one of those things at the time, like, yes, I was scared. I feel like anyone's going to be scared to go forth and kind of document their life and their journey um, on any type of platform. Um, but I was petrified, dude. Like, I remember the first time was I literally, A, I would never vlog in public. It was just one of those things. I either stayed in my house or I stayed in my car. Um, anytime I went to the gym, I made sure it was like super late at night. So no one saw that I had a camera filming myself just cause like, dude, it's just like, you're, you look weird walking around with a camera. Like, I'll be honest. It's just one of those yeah. things. Like I, I cared a lot about how people thought about me in the beginning of this all. Um, just cause I wasn't like, I don't want to say I was embarrassed, but like no one else was doing this at the time, like around me, at least my friend group. Um, so I was always that guy like walking around and like stopping stuff and having to record stuff over again. Um, but it was kind of when I got over that fear of being judged by others when everything really started taking off in terms of the Instagram, the YouTube, and just honestly the business too. Mm-hmm. So, And now, like I see your videos now, and it just looks like you have all the confidence in the world, which I think is awesome. Yeah, man. It's pretty crazy, dude. This is one of those things like you kind of get out of your bubble. And like a lot of times too, like <laughs> a lot the camera, like you have, you have the, the Canon G7X Mark II. Yeah, yeah. So you know how you can flip that screen up? and like have a look at you so dude i'll never forget like there's times and i'm sure this will happen to you too like when you're vlogging out in public and people are like looking at you and you can see them looking at you on like the little screen in the back and just looking <laughs> back at them and, dude it's just the most awkward things i see people like looking at me and like shaking their head 
But it's just funny because back in the day, like I like literally two years ago, if I saw that, I would literally turn the camera off and put it away and like go somewhere private. But it's just one of those things like, A, I realize I'm never going to see these people again in my life. And B, I, why should I care about the opinions of others that, you know, kind of direct me about where I'm going to go with my life? Like mm -hmm. they're making no impact to me. They're not making any benefit to me. And why would I let their opinion of me kind of direct me about how I'm going to go about chasing my dreams? Um, so it's kind of when I got over that fear of kind of caring how people kind of approach my videos and see me doing this in public um, mm -hmm. that I kind of really started taking off with all this stuff. So it's been pretty crazy to see. And like, I, I think back all the time too, man, I literally watch my old videos all the time. And I'm like, man, like literally I would never leave my car. Like it was just <laughs> the craziest thing. I was so scared to take the camera out. But um, now that I'm doing it kind of walking around and not really caring about it, it's just crazy. Like the overall joy that it kind of brings me for these videos. So, yeah. And that's awesome. Like I'm, I'm still in the fear stage. So I'm still like, like anytime I see someone in public, I like turn my camera off, like put yep. my head down in shame. I and then, but, and then, so I met this kid who I subscribed to on YouTube in, um, in Florida the other week. Okay. And we just, we were recording each other, just sitting at this diner in mm -hmm. the airport. And once we hit record, it's like, it just shuts off. Like you don't yeah. see anybody, you don't hear anything. And then you go back, there's people talking in the background, you hear announcements in the airport. And I'm like, I didn't even recognize that anything else was going on except the yeah. conversation I was having with this kid. Yeah, man. It's, it's cool when, you, especially when you're with other people that understand it and do it as well. It's like literally kind of you guys piggyback off each other and like the confidence is there. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things like it's, it's like literally you're not lying about it. You literally black out kind of when that camera's on. And this is you and your content and what you're, you know, filming at the time. So mm -hmm. it really is a cool thing. And I wanted to ask that as well. So what's it like having a partner who is supportive of all this? Dude, it really is night and day, man. Um, to this day, I literally would not be doing the majority of the stuff, let alone doing YouTube if it wasn't for Taylor. Um, mm -hmm. Like, this is one of those things that I, like I said, like, dude, I was petrified to do this. I was a very, I'm a very quiet kid. Um, and to kind of put myself out there, especially on YouTube, um, it was very scary at first and I'll never forget. I was kind of talking to her and I'm like, listen, like I was filming with the GoPro to start and, um, like the GoPro was, it was a good camera to start with, but in terms of like overall vlogging, like it just wasn't going to do the trick. And, um, I was talking to her at the time and I'm like, listen, I really want to get this camera, but like, it's just one of those things. I don't know if I'm going to commit to this cause I don't really want to go forth with, you know, vlogging my life. Like, I just don't think it's worth it. And she was the one that was like, Hey, listen, like you're going to regret this if you don't do it. So with her kind of having that support into me, kind of pushing me to this, it was great. But it was also one of those things, like you said, when you were with your buddy at the airport, um, when I first kind of started going out there and kind of, you know, vlogging in public and getting out of my car and out of the house, I kind of used Taylor as like a little sense of like security, just because A, I wasn't by myself vlogging, but she was also there next to me. Um, mm -hmm. So that having her there and having her be able to chime into the videos every now and then and kind of vlogging the activities I did with her. Um, it kind of just brought like a sense of relief, just having that sense of security. Like, all right, A, I'm not alone and I'm not looking like a total goofball running around with my camera, but B, like her and I were kind of in this together and yeah. I don't think she knew it at the time, but like literally like it was a sense of security just cause I, I, I said, man, when I was by myself, it was tough to vlog out there just cause I cared so much. But when I was with her, I was like, Hey dude, we're just kind of having fun kind of documenting our life. So yeah, it was very helpful. That's awesome. And when you guys do, I watched um, the couple's Q&A one, and I thought yes. that video was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, man. So, you. yeah, that it's just so cool to see that you're past that fear state where you're just kind of vlogging in public. You're not worried about what anyone else is thinking. And I think that's where 
the growth happens where you start to get better on camera. Your content is just more important than the fear of not doing it, you know? Yeah, dude, absolutely, man. It's like I really truly believe like looking back at the videos, I think once I hit that point where I really did not give a crap anymore about what other people thought and just leaving my house with a camera, that's literally when the content and it's like the overall growth between Instagram and YouTube just really kind of kind of took off. So mm -hmm. like a stem so you just gotta overcome that little barrier. So. Yeah. And you've been at this for a while. So what's the growth been like on YouTube? Dude, YouTube's been rough, man. YouTube's been real rough. Um, I started YouTube three years ago, and it was one of those things. When I first started it, dude, I was addicted to it. Um, I literally lived and breathed YouTube just because at the time, my online coaching business was pretty much non-existent. I had maybe like a handful of clients. I think I had like five or six clients. So it didn't take too much time of my day to kind of go forth through these check-ins and the program builds. So I spent the majority of the time making YouTube videos and creating content. So with this being the case, I literally watched every single like YouTube advice video there was about how to grow your YouTube through a thousand subscribers, which at that time I thought was like, man, if I hit 1K, I am just smooth sailing, man. So I produced three videos a week. I set up all the scheduling. I would make videos every Monday, Wednesday, and you know Sunday, kind of going forth with different, you know, um, different uh, just topics of videos. Um, I literally did that religiously for months and it was just one of those things that, uh, you know, the, it continued to grow, um, and it was exciting to see it. And then my first year being on YouTube, I prepped for, um, a show, a bodybuilding show. So my whole thing was, I'm going to call it the road to the show series. And it was a 12 week series on YouTube that I did just leading up to the entire prep and documenting everything. And that's when it really kind of. Twelve week series did very well. Did I lose you? Yeah, for a second, that's fine. Yeah, All right, good. Go ahead. So that uh, that twelve week series that I did for the Road to the Show series really kind of skyrocketed the whole overall YouTube subscribers, just because a lot mm -hmm. of people were chiming in um, and were watching it, and I was kind of able to build a pretty solid foundation just from that series. So the next summer, I kind of looked back and I'm like, all right, listen, this did very well the first time around. I'm going to do it again, leading up to the Summer Shredding Classic, um, which was a, another show that was down in Houston. And um, a very, very popular clothing fitness apparel company, Alphalete, um, were the ones hosting in Christian Guzman, who, you know, himself is a famous YouTuber, big, you know, fitness influencer. So kind of leveraging that just because I knew a lot of people were going to be searching for the Summer Shredding Classic and, you know, searching for Guzman. Um, I kind of went at it that way this time. It was kind of smart with my SEO and my keywords and my kind of my tagging and so forth. And really try to get it on, you know, if someone were to search Summer Shredding Classic or Summer Shredding, have that video pop up. Um, so it worked out in my favor. And um, that was the year that I think I went up like 400-something subscribers just for those 12 weeks. And I was able to hit 1K. Um, and then, unfortunately, as soon as that happens, of course, the business calls. And uh, the Matley Fit Online Coaching started, you know, taking off and kind of had to make the decision. Just because, you know, YouTube kind of changed their monetization rules where you had to have over a thousand subscribers and i think it's like four thousand watch hours or something yeah um something crazy and at the time man i was like dude i gotta put the business cap on and handle the business stuff um more than youtube which sucks but um at the time now i'm trying to kind of get back to the swing of things but dude it's it was a long process man it was a long three years growing that channel so yeah and everyone says like how tough it is to actually grow because I know you get into the phase where you want to just put out as much as you can, as much mm -hmm. as you can, and then 
you might get burnt out before you ever actually get to that good content, you yep. know, but Absolutely. you do have, you do have to start and just, um, um like you're going to look on that first video and be like, are you serious? Like <laughs> I, I put this out there, Yep. but, um, yeah, I think it, it's just such a cool way to like, to just put yourself out there and it like, it just really doesn't matter like no. what other people think or, and like, so I've started to get more subscribers like the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't even know these people. I have no idea where they are yeah. and somehow they find me and are subscribing to my stuff. So I feel like I almost have a responsibility to them Yep. where even if I feel scared, like people are expecting my video, you know, yep. you got to produce. It's cool, man. It's one of those things like they subscribe and they start commenting on your videos and you start chatting back to them. And next thing you know, you have like this friendship over the internet. Yeah. Like the craziest thing. And that was like the coolest thing about like the whole summer shredding show and kind of documenting my experience leading up to that show just because I got down to Houston and I'll never forget it, man. Like I walk into the gym and like this one kid came up to me and he was like, bro, he's like, Matt, like I subscribed to your YouTube channel. Like I'm a huge fan. It was just crazy because like you see, you know, like you said yourself, man, it's kind of like an, you know, an obligation to get these videos out for these people just because they, you know, they're dedicating their time to watch your content. Yeah. And it's cool to see, like, man, like, are the hard work and, like, these efforts you put into these YouTube, like, these videos really do pay off. And people really do generally care and really do watch this content. Yeah. So it was cool, man. Oh, that's awesome. And then, so what is the coaching side? You're coaching people in bodybuilding? Yes. So the Matt Lee Fit Online Coaching um, is pretty much pretty much online coaching. But with this being the case, it does cover cover the two spectrums. Um, as I do have one side of the business, which is my competitors, so the people that are also competing in bodybuilding shows like myself, um, which probably take up as like 25% of the business, so there's not too many of them. Um, and the other like 75% of everything is more of like a lifestyle clients. Um, okay. So your typical person that's looking to lose weight or looking to gain strength or bulk up and so forth. Um, so there's definitely two worlds of it all, um, but that's pretty much it, man. It's just the online coaching. So pretty much with everything, they get their you know custom workout program depending on their goal. Um, their custom nutrition program, depending on what they're looking to do, um, and just kind of go forth with everything to kind of help them and push them along to achieve what they want to do fitness-wise. So, Very cool. And then, um, so what's it like prepping somebody else for a show? Is that a lot different than doing it yourself? Dude, it is so stressful, man. I always joke around. I, I say literally helping someone else get to that point, especially on their show day, is so much more nerve-wracking for me than my own self. Um, dude, I don't know why, like literally I go to my client's shows and I'm back there and I'm like, I'm sweating, I'm a mess. And this is one of those things that I want them to do so well. Um, mm-hmm. just cause you know, when they sign up with me for a show, it's they're, they're entrusting me to get them to that point. Um, you know, they're investing their time, they're investing their money to allow me to help them to get to that, you know, that end goal. And it's one of those things that I want them to do well. I want them to come home with a trophy, if not, you know, coming home with first place. So, you know, throughout the time, like, the cool thing is, like, I kind of use this as a selling point is I can relate to a lot of these people just because I've done this for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things, like, I tell them off the bat, I'm like, listen, you're going to run into this problem. You're going to run into this issue. You're going to run into, like, this mental, you know, barrier. But at that, when that moment does happen, like, I've been there, I've done that for the past six years, and I'm able to kind of relate to them and kind of push them through that point. Um, but kind of helping them to get ready, it's just, it, dude, it really is, man. Because, A, the reputation falls on myself just because what I'm trying to build here. I want to build a brand that produces, you know, grade A competitors, um, you know, people that will step up on stage and, you know, come home with trophies and can compete. So A, the reputation's on the line. And B, I also want to give them an incredible experience kind of going up there. Um, like I said, dude, they dedicate 16 to 20 weeks, not only myself, but 
to themselves to better themselves to get ready for stage. Um, so it's just it's nervous, dude, just because I always want them to do the best they possibly can do and always set them up for, you know, success when they get up there. So very cool. Yeah, so, I can imagine how stressful that is, especially you're not able to walk. The, you're giving them the program, but it's yep. like it's up to them to follow it. Exactly, man. Like, it's funny, dude, how many like I don't want to say little arguments I get within these people. But as you go forth with your check ins with your clients leading up to a show, you can tell right away when something happened, they went off the meal plan, um, you know, something, something, you know, shouldn't have, you know, been part of their workout routine. And um, I have six people right now prepping for a show in a couple of weeks or five weeks out. It's uh, the first week of November. And all of them, all of them were prepping over uh, Labor Day. So Labor Day comes along that weekend and they all check in with me that next Tuesday. So literally the day after Labor Day and all their weights up like six pounds. So I'm literally texting everybody. I'm like, yo, I know what you did. I'm like, don't lie to me right now. And it's one of those things, man, like you said yourself, like you give them the plan, but it's a matter of how true to it are they going to be. Um, which is the stressful part just because, you know, not only with my competitor clients, but also my lifestyle clients, it's the same thing. You dedicate your time to building that them out a workout plan or nutrition plan, but sometimes they just don't follow it. And it's mm -hmm. one of those things like you can't let it bother you just because if they truly want it and they want to make a change in their life, they'll follow it. But if they don't want that, you know, to the fullest and then, you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. So. And is this what you envisioned when you started this, or it, has it changed so much since you Dude, started? Dude, it, it has changed so much, man. Um, like when I first started this all, A, I never thought it was going to get to the spot where it's at right now to, you know, that, you know, in a couple months that this is going to be the full-time gig. Um, I thought this was always going to be a little bit of a side hustle, but, um, you know, being a bodybuilder and working with other coaches, um, I always kind of was a part because, you know, each coach has their team. It's like your team of individuals leading up to a show. Um, so I never really expected this to kind of grow to what it is now in which where I have multiple people competing in different shows um, to where I have, you know, multiple lifestyle clients, like literally at this point all over the world, all over, you know, the U.S., which is crazy, um, all kind of connect together as one. And like, it's crazy what social media will do. Um, just because, like I said, man, I have like people on the West Coast that literally will talk to people, you know, in Jersey and PA that are on the same team, like, hey, like motivating each other, like pushing each other, like commenting on each other's posts and stuff like that. So it's just crazy to see just how much this has grown and just how much it has kind of all been connected throughout everyone that's a part of this team. Um, so I honestly, I mean, dude, like, looking back through years when I started this all up, I never in a million years expected to get to where it's at right now. So yeah, that's, that's so cool. It's it such is. a cool story how you started this all and it was just going to the gym and then someone saw something in you and yeah. that's what led to it. Dude, literally, man, I literally was just going to the gym, doing my thing. And next thing you know, it's, that was it. Started competing and then never looked back, man. So. Yeah. But just like to document this all has just, I just want to acknowledge you because it's like, it takes so much courage to do what you've been doing. And Thank you, man. basically you're one of the people that I'm looking to for motivation. Hey, so. Hey, man, like I said, you took that jump, brother. So I'm right there behind you, man. Trust me, <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting. And the, so who do, you, who do you look for for motivation? So that's – I was thinking about this question when I saw you wrote this one down. I, I mean, of course, I want to say my parents just because they were one – you know, they were the first people that really kind of allowed me to see what hard work will do. Um, just kind of see how they kind of started with, you know, very minimal stuff and what they have now. Um, it really is super motivating to kind of see, you know, what they were able to do through hard work and patience. Um, but to the more realistic side of things, man, I mean, honestly, Taylor is a huge motivation, uh, motivational factor for me, just because 
at the end of the day, dude, my end goal with this all is to be able to support, you know, not only myself, but her in a family. Um, so that is the thing, man. Like I tell her a million times, like, I don't want this to stop here. It's just one of those things I want to be able to look back and be able to have this brand, have this business to be able to support a family, have her support her where she doesn't have to go to work anymore and just kind of allow this to be the full-time thing, man. Um, and just kind of just continue to grow it. Um, so she's a big motivational factor, uh, for sure. Just cause like I said, she's been in my corner throughout this entire thing, um, and makes more sacrifices than I do. Um, to kind of, you know, stay in with me on the weekends because I got to do work um, and kind of, you know, will help me out with my, my female clients that are competing just because their posing is so different. I don't, know how to, I don't know how to pose like a bikini competitor. So she'll literally come to the gym with me late at night to meet these girls that are competing. So she sacrifices so much and um, it never goes unnoticed. And it's such a huge motivation. And then other than that, dude, it's just my friend group like yourself and Ricky, who was on your podcast to see you, you know, especially you take the jump of leaving your job. Um, doing what you're doing now and trying to pursue this dude is incredible. It really is. And I just want you to know that. And like, ever since literally bro, when I saw you put the YouTube video out, I literally probably was like the first one to watch it within 10 seconds. Cause a, I was jealous. And then B, I was like, dude, this kid's got balls. Like literally I was so pumped up for you. Um, but to see you do your thing and chase your dream, um, as well as Ricky, who's one of my best friends, it's just incredible to have like, you know, people you're associated with kind of doing the same thing. Um, so to see you trying to level up with this all and Ricky leveling up with his business, dude, it's like a motivational factor for me to be like, all right, dude, now I got to level up, but also for, you know, your wins really fire me up just cause they want to push me to be better myself. Yeah. So it's just cool to have like that group of people that I can like, you know, look to and kind of follow on social, um, that really kind of helped me, you know, continue to level up myself. Yeah, so. exactly. And I can just hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about your clients, you're talking about competing. I think that you have found the path that you're meant to be on and it might look different to your friends. It might look different to your parents. It might look different to our professors at Eastern who are like, <laughs> what the hell are they doing with social media yep. and a podcast? And, um, but I think it's awesome that thanks man, whatever jump you take, I know you're going to be successful in it. So yeah, man, I just want to acknowledge you again, just for everything you've done. Like you don't even realize how much, of an influence you've been on me just from afar. And I'm sure there's hundreds of people like me who are following your stuff every week, who are waiting for you to post on Instagram, post on YouTube. So thank you for yeah, everything course, you're man. doing, man. Me and it's world, brother. It really does. All so. right. Well, um, before I let you go, I just want to um, give you a chance to promote anything. If you want to shout out your Instagram, your YouTube, where can people find you? Cool. Instagram, it's pretty much all basic, guys. Instagram is Matt Lee Fit, M-A-T-T-L-E-E-F-I-T. That is going to be the Instagram. YouTube is the exact same thing. Um, and I do want to mention, because Angela just said this video is going to be coming out soon, I am launching the Fit for Fall program, which is going to be a 12-week transformation program. Um, with this being the case, guys, it's just an opportunity to work with me with the coaching. Um, so no matter the goal, either it is to be losing weight, to gain size, to gain strength, um, it's going to be a 12-week transformation program. Um, with this, you get a custom workout program, training program, um, nutrition program, the weekly check-ins, everything, guys. Um, and this is going to be that 12-week program, and there's going to be monthly giveaways of supplements and all that good stuff. So if you guys are interested, you guys can find more details on that on my Instagram as well. So Awesome. Yeah, so I encourage everyone to check that out. I'm sure that'd be a great program. For, for me, I'm not into the bodybuilding side, but I think – eventually i'm gonna have to start getting shredded like you and maybe <laughs> hit you up for some coaching hey man i'm your guy brother 
again, thanks to Matt for coming on. I really enjoyed just talking with him, just getting to pick his brain on stuff that I want to learn. And he really just paved the way for me starting a YouTube channel, starting to put myself out here on the podcast, just watching his videos and seeing how he has no fear to put himself out there. And we got into that as well on the episode. So it was just cool hearing his process and that he had the same fears that I did, but um, he was able to push past them first. And we talked about just in the beginning how I thought his original uh, Instagram page was stupid because he was doing a fitness account. And it had nothing to do with him or his passions or his dreams, what he was doing. It And it had everything to do with me just being an insecure 20-year-old not having any direction, not being able to put myself out there to help other people. And now I'm at a stage where I don't think I could do without it. I can't not do this podcast. I can't not do YouTube videos. And even though I don't have the biggest audience, I know that every video I have, it can help one single person. And if it does that, then I did my job and I'm fulfilling my purpose in life, which I truly believe is to help educate people to help other people, especially introverts like me, put themselves out there to not be afraid of what other people think, not be afraid of what their parents think, not be afraid of what their professors at school think they should do, and just really chase their passion. So I, as always, I appreciate your guys' feedback. If you liked the episode, make sure to give it a five-star ratings on iTunes, and also subscribe to the podcast either on Spotify or Apple. And if you do like the episode, again, just reach out to me on Instagram. Just let me know. You don't understand how much of a difference that makes, how motivated that keeps me to do this podcast and help get different guests on and different ideas. So I appreciate every single one of you guys. Have a great week, and I will see you on the next one.